Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Pass Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latron. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. How are each and every one of you? Hope you're doing well. Uh, weather is turning in the Midwest, even as we speak. Six to eight inches of snow do on today and tomorrow doesn't look any better i know there's a sheet of ice underneath most of the snow so be careful out there unless you're going dirt bike riding for example i don't know three palms in texas tony you were just there yeah it was fun we had uh, the weather wasn't great but it was definitely better than this we went down just kind of a quick weekend you know the week before i was i was at the mojave desert riding up at bean canyon that was awesome but uh Doing a little hill climbing, but this weekend we went down to Texas. I actually drove the Sprinter van down and stopped at Stillwater 500. Guy Cooper's brother's there out riding, he, the dentist that works at the prison. And I uh, hadn't seen him in 20 years. So I talked to him, and uh, we got invited to go back to Guy's house. We didn't. We went on down to Conroe and rode in Texas. But So we rode the Stillwater 500, and then we went down to Three Palms and Road, and the track's... I was feeling pretty good. I like fun. that. Yeah, it was a good trip. And uh, you say you took the Sprinter down. Has it got the, uh, the new audio system you've been bragging on about? Uh, has it been loaded? No. Not yet? It's got TV. Okay. We're cable. We, I'm in. We're cable ready. Wow. But we, uh, no, it's pretty sweet. I got, I got it all converted. We we built it. It's got Wi-Fi in it. And it's got the sweet. TV. It's got a huge TV in it. and little fridge and yeah it's pretty good set up nice it is pit pass radio everybody i'm scott casper for tony wink ed coolen camp roman avila and pj duran with the week off our contributors include chris bishop and tommy boy halverson our producers both online and terrestrial jack and leanne de leon our guest list well it goes a little something like this from uh let's go from last to first would you tony that sounds fun all right all right uh blaine thompson's gonna be on who's an off-road guy uh, currently racing in the work series and the Sprint Hero Enduro series. We've been talking to a lot of those guys. Uh, Andrew Luker, who is returning to the AFT singles class flat track, American flat track racer. Uh, he's going to be on. So a little backstory there, but we'll talk about it with him on the show. Um, Benjamin Smith, who is uh, a road racer. He was the uh, 2017 Moto America KTM RC Cup champ, uh, finished 2018 series and 18th place so the super sport so um we'll talk to him so we got some road racers uh christian beat who's named miss sprint cup um she's uh, uh she worked for for a lot of uh different companies including uh pit reporter for the arena cross series worked for the x games um and so the kicker arena cross has kind of been stepping up since yeah. feld has gotten out of that business so christian will be on and then we have Politelli, austin Politelli, who looked really good this weekend um we've been uh i've been i've known about austin for a long time when i did the tie loop team uh we talked to austin a lot because i was just the uh 
some of my guys were in the LCQ as well. So we would uh, see Austin there. I talked to him. So I've, I've known him for a while. And then Ben LeMay, who uh, has been at Supercross for a while. Um, I think he did some arena cross. If that, I, yeah, he did some, I think he did some arena I cross. I think he did too, yeah. Yep. And then uh, he's back to Supercross. So, um, yeah, we saw him uh, 15th place overall in the outdoor series. So mm. we're, Ben LeMay's up. Yeah, not only is Ben LeMay up, I will tell you, go to RacerX for all the news that's fit to print. RacerX learned through multiple sources, by the way, that uh, uh, the reigning Monster Energy AMA Supercross champ Jason Anderson, well, he had a big crash while riding on Monday and has uh, injured his arm. Internal injuries are also suspected. Further medical uh, exploration is due up this week. So we pray for him, and uh, we hope that, um, that he comes out of this okay. Broken rib. Yeah, it's a bummer. Broken rib and, and arm and uh, surgery required, so that stinks for him. He wasn't really fun in his mojo, and I I think there was something going on, and we we've you know we speculated on that, um, but now he's out for sure, so that's a bummer. Also, so is Barsha. This I think yeah. I, I had high hopes for Barsha this year. You know, Barsha's got a new attitude, or at least he's portraying a new attitude with with people and. A lot of people wrote him off, and uh, he was—I believe—he was very fortunate. I think that's part of it, though, don't you? You got to make it, or you got to fake it till you make it, kind of a thing. Either you start buying into it, and then the fans will, and then it becomes. No, no, this a is a different deal, Scott. He was—he—he he was very unpopular with a lot of people. We and liked him, for sure. But but uh, you know, there's a lot of people that turn their back to him, and and uh, now he's he uh, is on a factory ride, so. It's, Everybody uh, finds the Lord in, in different ways. <laughs> that could be a come-to-Jesus meeting. Speaking of that, folks, thanks for listening. Our first guest is waiting in the pits, as it were. He is Ben LeMay. Ben, how are you? How's it going, guys? It, the, the, the motorcycling business, the industry that is racing, et cetera, is a small family, isn't it? I mean, relatively small. No matter the discipline, you're going to see a lot of the same guys week in, week out. And uh, many times the paths will cross, whether it's through sponsorship or team management or racers or pit guys, uh, crew chiefs or whatever. I mean, you've really got to, you know, be, I think anyway, be polite to everybody and, and put on your put the best uh, foot forward, Yeah. Yeah, definitely. You gotta uh, you know treat everyone fairly, and um, definitely don't burn any bridges in this industry for sure. Ben, how is the dirt biking business for you, bud? Uh, everything's doing good. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm having a good time, you know, racing and uh, staying healthy and just enjoying it. But uh, industry is is treating me well. Um, I've got a great group of sponsors and a team behind me with the Fly TPJ Racing Team. Um, they are helping me out tremendously for Supercross and Outdoors uh, coming up this summer. So, um, yeah, I'm doing great. Everything in my corners is uh, working out well. Look pretty good Saturday. Yeah, not too bad. You know, it's uh, it started out a little rough. I've been struggling with my one-lap years. Um, used to be really good at, at going out and practice and just laying it down and, and getting a good time, but maybe that I'm the older I'm getting and not going as fast in practice. I don't know what it is, but, um, yeah, I was, I missed the, cause for the triple crowns, they take the top 18 out of practice and I was 19. Wow. So I missed it by about a thousandth of a second. Um, so I had to go to the LCQ to qualify for the mains, and, which I whole shot it and won that, but, um, just a race that I didn't want to do and have to 
you know, waste more energy. But uh, long term, it, it was good. Got some more track time and main events was was well. Um, I got a fifteenth uh, in the last main, and I was feeling good. So um, yeah, overall the day was good. So I, I, you probably heard in the open we were talking about. I went down to Three Palms and Road this past weekend, and so we we go to dinner afterwards. We go back to the hotel, and and uh, before the TV broadcast took off on at the hotel i get on my phone and i'm watching and i'm watching i'm confused because it's the triple crown um and i'm like why am i watching ben lemay i think that's ben lemay the 90 you're like 907 or is that right 907 uh no um, that was last year oh that was last year what was it this year i was i was watching some video and i was uh but you you were you were out in the lcq and i was you're right. I was thinking 907s last year, but but you're in the LCQ, and I was confused. Like, why are we watching LCQs before this the race even starts? And then I remembered it was the the kickoff to the Triple Crown. It was it was definitely even for just a fan, it was an adjustment. What did you think though, as a rider? Yeah, it is it is definitely weird because uh, you do practice uh, three three regular practice sessions, and then right after that, you go straight into the LCQ. Um, and then depending if you make it or not, there's like a three hour break and then you do your main, um, at the night show. But, um, I, I don't like it personally. Um, and I think me as well as a lot of other racers don't prefer it. Um, just because Supercross is dangerous as it is. Um, and I think with, you know, every time you have to start and do the first couple laps with everybody, um, the risk goes up really high for injuries and things to happen um and when you have to do that three times um it's just it's just not good um and then so for and, and even for guys that are at the top level running one two three four five i mean those guys are really really pushing it and i feel like the risk of injuries are pretty high um anything can happen on a start and then you know you've seen people get landed on I've landed on people, you know, just, you just never know what's going to happen. Um, so I would prefer, you know, just do a normal heat race and just do a main event. But, um, I get why they do it because it is more racing and the, the, the shorter motos, um, are more exciting for the fans. Right. Um, I think for the TV as well. So for an entertainment aspect, I get it for sure. It's, uh, it's good in that, that aspect. Well, I don't know. Personally, I don't know because, it, it, people, I think, for the um, a lot of people that aren't maybe they don't even watch every weekend, you know that kind of thing. I think that it's confusing, and I think that it's maybe their attention span isn't there. Like I have to, I okay, so they're all three main events, but they average the. Th- you know what I mean? There's a reason why outdoor motocross fans are educated and they get it and they, they're going to drive yeah. to the backwoods you know nobody's driving yeah. to spring creek you know millville or you know in the middle of nowhere in minnesota to to go watch a race unless they're an educated or they know somebody yeah. that is versus on tv you've got you know you've got all the, the the guys that aren't are you know they're not it's not in their blood like you and i ben that this is all you know. This is this is what we think about. And you're all being day. educated during the race. If you're sitting there watching your TV, yeah, you're being educated by guys that have been there, done that. Yeah, right. So I, I just think that it's maybe it's more entertaining, but um, I don't know if they if they hit a home run. I guess they'll know. I mean, they 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 probably 
do polls and surveys and who knows what the, what people think. I think it's good that they're doing something different. I'm not sure I like the three moto, you know, the three main event finishing. And like you say, the start, that's the, in my opinion, that's the most dangerous thing in Supercross is the start. And if you want proof, you know, that's where all the crashes are, right? So yeah, um, to have to watch those guys do it three times and, you know, and you get a guy like, um, you know, I'll use James Stewart because he's not racing. And if I offend him, it doesn't matter. But um, <laughs> when James Stewart would get a bad start, it's dangerous for everybody on the racetrack because he's going a different speed than everybody on the racetrack, except for the yeah. front, the very few front runners. So you got to do that. You have a chance to do that three times, right? So you get a um, you get a guy that that uh, you know some of the the hot the top dogs that they get bad starts it's three times that they're going to have to go through the pack and sort themselves out and let the pack sort itself out and the first lap is i mean you guys are, are people if they don't understand if they don't realize that they should the things you guys do in just the first lap and a half of a supercross race most people in the world wouldn't take that risk they wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't be able to do it yeah it's that, that definitely is true um the top top athletes in the world they're you know their brains process different than than uh the average rider so what the average rider you know the decision he needs to make you know at the back of the pack um and then if you have a eli or james coming through he decides to triple but this guy's brain says oh, i'm gonna do i'm gonna swerve over here to the right then all of a sudden you know you have an accident so um yeah it, it is dangerous for sure but you know that's just the way it is and i guess that's what we have to deal with now so uh, you're 41 now it just came to me i was watching 41 and i go who, who is that <laughs> and yeah, it's not not, not yeah it's uh, that's right uh i just drove through through uh oklahoma actually saw went through norman oklahoma and i we were talking about him um so yeah the 41 being on that bike is anybody you know has anybody come up to you and said anything about it like hey you're not trekking art or um, no, not, not at the races. No, <laughs> nobody has actually surprisingly, but, uh, oh, actually a couple of practice tracks when I've been riding, some people have thought that it, Trey was riding. Is, it, is Trey here? No, Trey's not riding today. Just, <laughs> Sorry. Just, just somebody else that races Supercross. Yeah, but I, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty cool though to have his number. I loaned Justin Brayton a, a 450 Honda last year at my track. I didn't even loan it, actually. He just took it out of the garage. And he never brought it back. Which... And, uh, but he put all his, his mechanics there, and he put all his plastic stuff on it. And uh, I never changed it out because I don't know what they did with my other plastic. But um, <laughs> it's funny because I'll unload the bike, and people, I hear all the time, oh, Brayton's here. And then you can't imagine the disappointment when I get on the bike. Right, yeah. And uh, <laughs> It's sad. Yeah. Who's helping you go racing, Ben? Uh, well, first off, uh Ted Parks with the TPJ uh, racing team. Um, they're back with by Fly uh, Fly Racing and uh, DSC Construction. Um, those those supporters there are are probably the main <clears throat> the main support for getting me from race to race. Um, and then as well as uh, um, X Brand goggles. Um, I'm actually I'm actually one of the the reps uh, for the goggles. We, we uh, my wife and I prep all the goggles. Uh, during the week and uh, hand them out to all the, to all our riders at the races. Oh, that's wild! When you say prep, are you are you putting on tear offs or what? What do you do to prep them? 
Yeah, so we uh, we clean them, prep them, get all new lenses. Uh, if we need new goggles, we know we get a shipment in um, every every so often. Um, but yeah, all the all the above lenses tear off. Um, if anybody needs anything special, uh, we we do all the above. But um, and then at the on the uh, Saturday or Friday, we should do a uh, contest with you. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Been, uh, we started last uh, outdoor season, and we're doing the, all this year and stuff. So it's uh, cool. really cool to be part of uh, X Brand, um, as well as Race Tech Suspension, sure. um, De- Deval, um, OGO, Pirelli. Uh, they, they're a big support um, running the Pirelli tires. Um, Bill's Pipe, they're uh, putting up some really good uh, exhaust systems. We've been playing around with some different uh header pipes and uh, different uh, combinations and stuff. Um, so I have a, you know, I have a few guys that, that really have been supporting me for the last few years and um, just really want to say thank you to everybody. That's cool. It, uh, it's like a family. Ted Parks has been around for a while. He's uh, a guy that, I mean, like, in, I remember in like 09 when I was, when we first started doing the stuff with the team, he was out there and uh, he's still at it. It's, uh, is he still hitting every race and everything? Is he driving the truck and everything for everybody? Yeah, he does. Um, his program has really, really stepped up uh, this year, but also, you know, the years uh, coming up to this. But this year he's got a semi. Um, so we're in a semi now. And he also has um, a his regular motorhome and trailer that he's had uh, in the previous years. Um, so he runs a program for transport riders where they uh, pay Ted and – they literally just transport bikes and, and gear bags and parts to race, to race, to race. Um, or then there's the kind of the elite riders, which is like myself and Austin Politelli and uh, John Short and a few other riders um, that are under the semi. Sure. Um, and we get a little bit more support, and there's uh, certain sponsors that we are stuck to. So um, he has a really good program, and, um, yeah, he's uh, at every round helping out. You know, it happens more often than people know. The, the the in situations like that it happens in GNCC it happens in National Enduro um, obviously Supercross with Ted Parks there's guys that pay to just be able to show up and and have everything there and then there's guys like you that you know are, are a little faster obviously uh, or a lot faster in some cases and um, yeah it's it's a good situation it's it's good that Ted Parks and people like that are out there because. It allows you guys to be able to go racing. Are you making any money, Ben? Yeah, I'm making uh, making a decent amount of money. Um, not making a salary by any means, but I I have some bonuses from sponsors that when I do good, I, I make money. So good. Uh, that's kind of a little bit of motiva- motivation when I'm out there. It's like you know, just try a little bit harder and get a fill your pockets a little bit more. Incentivize. I like it. Yep. Incentives. Um, you know, this is appropriate then. I, I guess that, you know, this portion of our program and this interview with Ben LeMay brought to you in part by our good friends at Fly Racing. And Fly Racing, of course, is the one who invented the first true lightweight racewear that came to the market, the original gear line to define the minimalist lightweight category. But when you're first, you've got to do one thing that stay on the gas and Fly continues to develop and improve this premium gear. With the addition of the BOA system, the revolutionary waist adjustment system offers fast and on-the-fly micro-adjustability with a truly dialed-in fit. A simple turn of the dial delivers unparalleled performance, comfort, and convenience. Visit flyracing.com for more details, and you never know who you might see 
on flyracing.com. You may see Ben LeMay. Ben, appreciate the time, man. Appreciate it. And have we nailed all your sponsors that uh, you want to bring up? Yeah, yep. Well, good out of you, man. Appreciate that. You, yeah, thank you, you get, for having me on. It was a good time. Yeah, you guys are, what, heading to Oakland next, right? Yeah, I'm driving up. Uh, I'm, I'm staying out in California right now. Uh, okay. the West Coast round. So Thursday, we're driving up there. Good well, luck, man. Yeah, good luck. Much success, okay? Thank you. You bet. There he goes. Ben LeMay off into the pits. Scott Casper, Tony Wink. We're taking it to, uh, well, taking to the top of our number two, by the way. That's our our overall goal. And uh, we hope you stick with us. Uh, still waiting in the wings. Austin Politelli, uh, Kristen Beat from Kicker Arena Cross. A lot of news there. Benjamin Smith in hour number two, as is Andrew Looker and Blaine Thompson. We're looking forward to it, as I'm sure you are as well. It's Pit Pass, part of the Evergreen Podcast production company, evergreenpodcast.com. Hey, it's Colin Edwards. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. Hey, everybody. It's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard-pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber Hey, Moto fans, we do our best to keep you in touch with what we're doing through our website, iHeartRadio, Facebook, Twitter, and more. Well, now you can listen to Pit Pass Radio on your handheld device anytime with the all-new Pit Pass app for Android or iPhones. Go to your app store now and download the new app, Pit Pass, at no charge. Yes, we have an app for that. It's the all-new Pit Pass app. Get it today. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. This is 1460 KXNO. Passionate about riding motorcycles off-road and on? Well, visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa and see the full line of 2017 Yamaha Dual Sports. From the simple-to-ride electric start TW200 to the nimble, lightweight XT250 to the racing-to-ride performance of the WR250R, Yamaha has your ride. Visit Hickam Power Sports in Grimes, Iowa today. Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Hickam Power Sports in Grimes. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long Long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Don't drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the Daly on family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The Daly Ons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the Daly Ons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack Daly on Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. 
What's up, guys? This is Jay Sowen, Arena Cross Superstar. You're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, thank you very much. Welcome back. It is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Casper and Wink in the studio. And uh, glad you're with us around the country and down the line. Of course, you can hear us on our app, and it's available at your local app store. Uh, or you can go to the Pit Pass uh, Motor Racing website. Check it out there. Or also on, uh, on uh, iHeartRadio. You can check it out there, KXNO. That's our home or flagship station, KXNO, 1460 KXNO. And uh, we go to our next guest. Tony, your opportunity here to talk and, and give Kristen the type of intro. Uh, she, she's been named Miss Sprint Cup what? in 2012. Uh, she's been involved <laughs> in... Uh, <laughs> she's... Uh, for starting out with my most shining accolade. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Good, how are you? Kristen Veed is our guest. Um, talk about what you're up to. This is pretty exciting, I think. Absolutely. So I am fit reporting from the Kicker Arena Cross Series from the Pro National Tour. So it's different from the Winter Series, which Kicker Arena Cross is also in the thick of right now in their season. But the Pro National Tour is a uh, separate championship that will be broadcast on Fox Sports 2. Days and airtimes will be announced soon, but the airings will start in February. Of course, we've already concluded Loveland, which was round one, Oklahoma, which was round two, and coming up in two weeks from now, we have Denver. So uh, we'll also be at Greensboro, a few other rounds after that. You can kind of check all those out at the website. But, yeah, it's going to all air on Fox Sports 2, which is very exciting. It is exciting. And, and uh, you know, we, we uh, what caught my attention was Arena Cross because Fell just, just uh, put that to bed, and, and they're no longer doing it. Um, you've been around, though. You've been uh, – Here's a picture of you uh, interviewing one of our, our good friends, Gavin Faith. Um, oh, yeah. He's, he's an Iowa boy. He's an Iowa boy, yep. So, um, we do know people from out of state, though. We, just mostly just people from Iowa, Kristen, so it's a real treat to have you on because I understand you're not from Iowa, oh, so it's kind of a big deal for us. Yeah. But uh, You know what, though? <laughs> I interviewed for a job in Des Moines not too long ago what? with the ABC affiliate. Maybe WI, sure. Yeah, and so I flew back there for an interview. They actually wanted me to do the morning news out there instead of sports, and I have a soft spot. The, can I can I just say this? Out, My buddy yeah. is the lead anchor for the morning news, and and uh, you could look a long, uh, a long time to find somebody as quality as he is. He just matter of fact, right. I think he just won an Emmy. Yeah, no, it's a great station, and what drew me there is actually the fact that they have won so many Emmys in the past for Midwest news station yeah. it's uh, a really good station what it wasn't it wasn't the local motocross track that i owned that that you were like whoo they got motocross <laughs> it wasn't that huh i'm su- not surprised <laughs> it's really actually not a surprise but they have their sister station is kcwi and one of my tv shows airs on kcwi so oh, it's awesome. on the same I mean, building yeah it's crazy. i love the midwest I'm, i lean more towards the hawkeyes when i was working with big 10 i love that team and i mean just the environment the community out there is awesome it's not this time of year now when you were working <laughs> exactly. with the big 10 what what sports were you involved with college football a lot of basketball and football but i ended up working in lansing michigan so i covered a lot of msu and once in a while sure. michigan games over in ann arbor did you ever have to go to east lansing I, that's where I live. That's okay. where I was based. All right. Well, I just wanted because Lansing is, you know, it's it's dangerous at, at night mostly. 
No, it's not. I'm kidding. I'm just <laughs> looking at you like, what? People, well, and it's so funny because people say that about Detroit as well. When I lived and worked there, I mean, Detroit is Motor City. So I just felt like mm-hmm. I was at home, first of all, because it's such a motorsports-driven community. But on top of that, I mean, the way that they're changing that city and that town and the entire state, actually, for the better is really cool. There's a lot of craft breweries that are popping up everywhere down in uh, Detroit. And it's kind of a revitalized downtown district. Supercraft actually will make their stop there this year as well. I was working at Madison Square Garden, and mm-hmm. I, I got out of there on, I want to say, a 3 o'clock flight on a Sunday. Okay, so I was at LaGuardia. flew, uh, and my stop was de- uh, was uh, Detroit, and there was a girl fr- with Delta uh, uniform on, right, sitting in the window seat. It's a two two on the left. So it's um, she's sitting in the window seat, and I introduced myself, and I said, uh, at any point, do you get up to have to serve drinks and stuff? She goes, no, she's... She said, this is part of my downtime. I said, so is, is Detroit your final stop? She goes, yeah. And I said, uh, you know, Detroit, Motown and all that. She said, yeah, I kind of grew up around all that. And I said, do you like Motown? Well, yeah, my dad was uh, Aretha Franklin's uh, uh, manager for years. And I'm thinking, right, yeah. right. And she t- took out her phone, and there's Aretha sitting next to her on the couch at her house. You know, this, all I said, for real. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, those stories probably, with as many stars and, and talented people in and out of Detroit over the years, i got to believe that those stories are probably more true than not. Mm-hmm. The sports stories I've heard in that community, too, are just, you know, because it's a legendary sort of sports market. You've got the Red Wings, mm-hmm. you've got, you Tig- know, the Lions, and, and those are two legendary franchises in their own right. So yeah, it's Tigers. a cool sports city to work from. But I could tell you a story off there that'll just... You- I can't tell it on here. I'll guarantee you that. Um, anyway, welcome back to the show, everybody. Austin uh, Politelli, I believe, is coming up next. Jack, is that correct? Okay. He says yes. But we're talking with Kristen Beat. Kristen, I'm, I'm curious about the Kicker Pro National Series. Can you explain what that is? Right. So the Kicker Pro National Series is a pro arena cross format race. Uh, two classes each night, the 250 Pro and the Open Pro. Uh, double races for most of the weekends, with exception to Greensboro. So they race on a Friday, race on the Saturday, um, and it's going to be broadcast on Fox Sports 2. The races generally, you know, you'll have your heats, your LCQs, your main events. It's the same sort of format if you're familiar with what was the Amboil Arena Cross Series, but a little bit different in the Kicker Arena Cross Series because now we have that open class. The 450s can line up with the 250s, and then you also have, of course, the 250 Pro. And uh, since I've been working on the series, I've gotten four races and now two weekends, one in Loveland and one in Oklahoma. I'm so shocked at the finesse that's involved in arena cross. And that's something that always kind of opened my eyes in the Amsoil arena cross series, but especially here because the track in Amsoil arena cross, we saw a lot of really peaked out jumps. And the biggest complaint from a lot of riders was, oh, you know, this is really challenging in a way that isn't good you know i could go out there and get hurt but in ams or in kicker arena cross excuse me they really made it a point to make the track challenging but not so challenging where the riders have to be afraid that if they're moving over to supercross they'll get hurt and that's what's eliciting so many talented guys like we have jason Owen out there we had blake wharton at oklahoma and they're coming into the kicker arena cross series and they are so 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 smart because they're using the reps from this series to prepare themselves for the East Coast Supercross Series swing. They're, it's almost like, you know, I compare it to other sports sometimes. You can't buy intensity at a practice field or a practice track. That's why in NFL football you see preseason games, and they don't always use their starting players because they don't want guys to get hurt. Well, here in Kicker Arena Cross, 
these guys are coming out here with no fear of getting hurt. They're able to replicate the kind of intensity that they might see in Supercross, uh, you know, two nights in a row with four main events. And it's just, you, you see the guys walking away talking constantly of how much they're growing through these races, and how good it is for them. And I'm shocked that more professional riders haven't heard about it and popped in, but now with the TV coverage, you know, that's what we're kind of hoping for, that more guys will hear about it and come on over. Yeah, smart. And, you know, that's uh, we've talked a lot about that with the racers on this on this program, with even like Justin Brayton and some of the top riders. You know, they, they really find a lot of value in going overseas. Malcolm Stewart mm-hmm. did, the, did it this year. Um, they, they see a lot they of value. He did it himself with Bercy's, uh, I believe. Right, so they 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 see the value of going overseas and riding and getting gate drops and actual race race situations rather than you know pounding out a million laps at the at the test track because you just can't get that same thing. And this is they can do it domestically; they don't have to you know do a twelve hour flight plus twenty hour flight. Um, right. So the way I understand it, it's a series within the series, right? Right, exactly. So. It's a series. It's got a cap. It's going to be awarded its own champion outside of the Winter Series champion. There's a special purse for that champion who will win the National Pro Series. And uh, also there's great payout. So there's payout for Friday night and for Saturday night for the pro classes. Mm-hmm. So a guy like Blake Wharton could mm-hmm. could go and, and race this. And are they are they all done before East Coast kicks off? Because that's always been a, a deal like – you know, guys would go race Germany and they do that whole series. They end up having to miss a race or two because there's some overlap. Right. And there is overlap. So, I mean, if you're a guy riding East Coast and you're wanting to pop in, say, for example, next weekend at Denver, um, yeah, you, you would miss a few rounds. Chase will. So I've talked to Jace more recently, and I guess he'd like to finish out the series because he's having so much fun and in turn miss a few Supercross rounds. But no matter what, like Blake only popped in for Oklahoma City. We're not going to see Blake Orton again because he has other obligations. But these riders are using this series to, to prime themselves and to get those reps in. And I mean, for a lot of these guys too, it's you know they're earning cash on the weekend as well. They're they're making money. They're not spending money going out there and racing. So um, yeah, a lot of guys have been using it for practice. And yeah, there is some overlap. But I don't think other than Jason at this point, anyone is really got their eye on a championship. They're using this series to, to ready themselves. Has Blake gotten a haircut yet? No, he hasn't. <laughs> it's what? He still looks like Chris Cornell. Yeah. It's, it's pretty long. <laughs> I think it's yeah. great. I, I, um, you know, it's, it, it kind of confused me to tell you the truth at first because I didn't, but it's not that hard to understand. I just, I thought it was a completely separate series and I was trying to figure out, you know, like a completely separate set of races that they were doing, but it's, it's, uh, the TV thing I think is brilliant because you know, they're the, we have a, 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 a gap to fill, I think with arena cross arena cross get, got kind of boring to watch though. What's the racing been like for you guys? I, I think having a more simple track or a less dangerous track I think it would it, it would probably keep the racing a lot closer. And, You're uh, exactly right. It you does. Know. It keeps the racing a lot closer. And see, I'm a race fan, so I'm like you. I appreciate good racing, and I like the racing to be close. But at the same time, I think that the mistake a lot of people make is they expect arena cross racing to rival super cross racing as far as um, talent depth goes. And it just doesn't right now. It's a niche sport. Arena cross is a niche sport. But I do think that 
when you learn to appreciate arena cross, I make this argument all the time with people. Arena cross racing is not supercross racing. It's no different. So I'm a four wheel girl. If you're in a sprint car or a late model on dirt, it's not the same thing. It takes an entirely different skill set, bike setup, rider. Um, you know, Freddie Norin has been racing this, uh, the first four four main events that we had, and he's an outdoor rider. That doesn't necessarily translate. Same with Blake Wharton. He's a supercross rider. That doesn't necessarily translate on an arena cross track because arena cross is a different discipline. So the racing and the depth of talent doesn't exactly need to be there if you know what to look for. So we'll see four or five guys in in the top, you know, battle it out. But for the most part, like when you look down at the starts and you look at the finesse and the style that these guys are riding with, there's a lot of good racing when you know what to look for, you know? How did Blake do? Blake finished second, and he battled out with Jason. In the se- so the second night in Oklahoma, he was maybe three-tenths off of Jace, and he was getting awful starts. His starts just aren't there. But for the most part, you could tell that he was starting to figure out the body posture and the body position for arena cross. So what a lot of guys who make the transition from supercross or outdoors to arena cross struggle with is how much you have to sit down in arena cross because in outdoors, you have plenty of time. They actually encourage you, I think, a little bit more to be up on the bike in arena cross, you've got to ready yourself for the transition. So before you even land, some guys are getting their body in a position to be seated and um, kind of progress through the track a little bit quicker. So everything happens, a, you know, a step before, even by the sections, because there's such quick, quick laps, such quick races, um, how they sort of strategize the track with their body position is so different. Blake got it by night two. He was battling with Jake the first night. Um, he was a little further off. Uh, Isaac Keysdale gave him a run for his money, but by night two, Blake was looking really good. Kristen, I'm not uh, saying this because you're a woman. I don't want to sound like that. <laughs> I am, uh, but I am very impressed as your as your uh, ability to understand the sport for a, a broadcaster. And I don't mean that because you want. I really because you compare to uh, some of the other people that are on TV that that cover two wheel sports and not just. Um, not just supercross or motocross. I'm talking about, you know, I pay attention to a lot of them and I'm, I'm really impressed with your, uh, your, your understanding of what you're, you're talking about. So I think, uh, I think you're definitely an asset to the series because it's, I look forward to watching it on TV. Thank you. And I think too, sometimes we get so concentrated on the battle from first to right. third. There's a lot of really good racing and privateers that are coming out on the weekends from these local tracks that put up great battles for fifth, sixth and seventh. And, our production crew, and again, this came together so late in the season for us. I mean, I didn't know that I was doing it until January 1st. Wow. For sure, that we were going to be flying out and doing this. So, I mean, four days later, we're on a plane and we're going, and I'm putting my notebook together. But um, what we all kind of talked about, because I have the same director that we had in Arena Cross, Glenn Seelig. And um, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have done this if it weren't for Glenn. I love working with Glenn as a producer. I would work for Glenn if we were covering table tennis. He's just a great producer to work Which with. Which is competitive. Let's, let's I do be. love right. yeah. I do love ping pong. Wow. Who doesn't? I watch it overnight from China. It is one of these You've got a live stream in your office. I in absolutely your study. do. Yeah, just table tennis twenty four seven. It's a big deal. It's well, an Olympic sport. It's an Olympic sport. <laughs> I cover Olympic sports. I got to tell you, some of them should not be Olympic sports, okay? Everybody knows I don't use that paddle, but Mama just says it's just a little white lie, so it's okay. Oh, my God. But yeah. I mean, he's just a great producer, and one thing we really talked about was, okay, you know, when we came in, Todd from Kicker Arena Cross told us, you know what, you guys kind of do your thing, and, and we'll help you where we can, and he's so open and so understanding, so there's no, 
oh, you don't talk about the track deteriorating in this series. There's no sort of hand over our right. mouth where we can't ask writers certain questions. And it's been good for me as a journalist because working with Glenn and his team, we've kind of sat down and been like, okay, as racers, what do we want to see? So we're putting special cameras on the battles for fourth, fifth, and sixth. So we're seeing those Thank battles you. more closely. We're putting more attention on riders who don't necessarily have the the big sponsorship with the team. So, I mean, the first round, we talked with Tanner Young, who was a, a, a name that in kicker arena craft has been synonymous with victory. But when you have guys in there like Jason Owen, Isaac Seasdale, Freddie Norin, that would have probably gotten drawn out had he been covering this series with anybody else but the group that we're in. So, you know, and sometimes you get these really great, honest quotes. I mean, just a few weeks ago, we had Donald Trump on, you know, the bike for graphics. And we're getting these kids from the Midwest who just love racing. It's so raw and it's so real. And I love covering that because it's so genuine. So one thing that we're really showcasing in this series isn't just the top guys. No, it's up in commerce. Yeah, we're we're up in commerce. But even guys who have done it before and they know this isn't going to be a livelihood for them. They're hobby racers. But sometimes those hobby racers have a chip on their shoulders when they get to the starting line and they want to prove something and they want to race bar to bar with Jason Owen. And it becomes very fun for us to follow. So one thing that we're really focused on this year, at least with our production group, is A, developing the show. Each show we're learning about the series we're learning how things work we're, we're helping it's a you know good relationship there because we're helping prod the kicker series kind of elevate what they're doing and they're in turn helping us elevate the show each and every episode so i mean if you see the first episode and you're like wow this is all over the place you'll see it evolve as the show goes on and i think you'll like it because we're doing a lot of things different than what we did with arena cross and even what Supercross does or flat track does. We're doing something very different, and I think you guys will like it. Daniel Levy is the writer and uh, the son of Eugene Levy, and they uh, they have a wonderful show out of Canada called Shit's Creek. Are you familiar with that? I'm not familiar. With oh that. my God, it's so funny. You can watch up to season five. Are you allowed to say that on the radio? Shit's Creek. Sure, it's it's spelled just like it sounds, only a little differently. You've been up there. No, but it's in Canada, so it's got to be cool. Hopefully anyway, so one of the things he just observed is that they just kicked off uh, the sixth season, right? And he, he said, you know, what's interesting is to watch people find the program. Once they find it, they can't stop talking about it. That's one of the things we do. Once we do an event, whether it's boxing or MMA or what have you, mm-hmm. uh, or, or wrestling, speaking of Big Ten or what have you, the idea is that sit down and talk about it. what worked, what didn't work, and where can we get better? And nine times out of 10, the producers kind of go, you know, I really got out a lot or I got a lot out of, you know, our coverage of four, five and six or six, seven and eight. Mm -hmm. And and realistically, the fights for me that are some of the most interesting in MMA or boxing are the first two or three fights of the night. And that and Mm -hmm. and it just amazes me that other people don't get it. Exactly. So, hey, listen, we're up against the clock. Uh, Can we do it again, Kristen? Yeah, absolutely. You know. I just want to remind everyone who's listening, you know, if you're a writer, sign up. Come out and meet us in Denver, um, Big Purse, Friday and Saturday night. You guys can get more information at kickerarenacross.com. And I always encourage everyone to, if you're a writer or if you're a fan and you have some questions, hit me up on Instagram, DM me, and I'll get you all the information myself because sometimes that's a little easier when you're talking with someone you know. Um, also, on top of that, the I actually just, as we're on the phone, got the air date emailed to me from my producer. Um, the first episode will actually round one will air january 31st 9 p.m eastern time on fs2 so make sure you guys turn into the first episode and uh, you can also follow kicker arena cross on instagram at kicker arena cross
I appreciate it, Kristen. We will stay in touch with the kid. Uh, safe travels, as always. Kicker Arena Cross online. Look for him. It's easy enough to get to kickerarenacross.com. And if you want all the news, it's right there as well. But she invited you to do so. If you've got questions, you know, ring yeah. her up. It's easy enough to do. Send her a nice and polite letter with your question, <laughs> and then she'll uh, maybe she'll choose to answer it on air. We don't know. There could be surprises. Yeah. They're still developing this stuff. We could work something out. Kristen, thanks, kid. Best to everybody at Kicker, okay, and Fox. Thank you, too. There we go. Um, Tony, this is, you know, we've watched how many different arena crosses take place over the years, and I'm talking about formations of companies. We had Mike Kidd, right? Well, Mike Kidd and another guy, two two different guys started it way back when. Mike Kidd really took it to the next level and, and had backing and that kind of thing. And then, um, you know, it's he sold – it was Pace. It was yeah. It was a bunch of different companies. Live Nation. What's a Pace Motorsports? Yeah, and then yeah. eventually failed, um, and then uh, it failed. It failed to the ground. What it, <laughs> was the assumption of Pace property? And then, and then okay, and then my kid came back out right. and started the Buku Arena Cross right. or the Boohoo, depending on your perspective, because it didn't last either. But um, I have a feeling I, he did okay with that. I spoke. I'm sure. I spoke to someone that has been involved in arena cross since the beginning, yeah, or close to it since the '80s, um, with as team wise. And he said, "Did you hear my kid's going to come out with a new arena cross next next year?" And I said, "Oh boy, okay." But I'm, I'm, you know what? Maybe there's they have to make it so it's more exciting to watch than uh, when Tyler Bowers and Gavin Faith went around and. And stomped everybody, and even even though Gavin did have more competition than Tyler, it just didn't it didn't make for good racing on TV. Um, and when we were there, it was okay. But uh, Kicker's kind of cool. I think what they're doing it's it's interesting to me because they don't have, you know, they they're kind of not to you know, kind of dumbing the track down and uh, to for lack of better words and, and making it so that the uh, you know the racing's a little bit closer and stuff. I think it's kind of cool. All right, well, 2019 could be the year that Austin Politelli um, makes this his own and makes a statement. He joins us now from uh, his palatial estate. Austin, how are you? I'm great. How are you? All right, sounds like you're in the car. Yes, just driving home. How big is your estate? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, welcome to Pit Pass, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for having me. So where you are home, What what is home for you? What state? Uh, is there a city nearby, a town? What is it? Uh, yeah, I live in uh, Marietta, California. It's like um, Temecula, about sure. an hour uh, north of San Diego. If I went to the flyracing.com, flyracing.com, and uh, went to the fly wall, would I see any pictures of you on the fly wall? Um, I'm not sure. Hmm. <laughs> We got to get your management team to uh, get some picks up there. Easy enough to do, fans. You can get your picks too. It's the post to pick. Upload your favorite photo of yourself or of the favorite star you're following, and if approved, your photo will show up on the fly wall. It's that simple. So head on over to flyracing.com and upload your photos for a chance to be featured on the fly wall, just like uh, Austin. Austin, we had Ben Lemay on earlier. And uh, we were talking about the Triple Crown series um, and the format and that sort of thing. We were, we were. Um, I was I was caught off guard. I was traveling and uh, riding down in Texas and and clicked on the app before it came on TV in the hotel. 
and uh, I was surprised to see you guys racing in the LCQ. Um, and then uh, realized that w- what it was because of the triple crown, but you look good. Can you talk about it? It looked like you were having a good time. Yeah, it was uh, the first one I've been in, uh, but started off a little rough. I had um, some bike issues with my, my race bike, so we had to swap everything over, and I didn't think I was going to be able to race. I actually got the bike done late Friday night, and uh, yes, yeah, so the practice was a bit of a struggle, but was able to make it through the LCQ, and then um, it, it was tough, but I kind of enjoyed it. It was something different. Got a lot of track time, didn't you? Yeah, definitely. I haven't, I haven't been able to ride much during the week, so that was um, that was the positive for sure, getting able to do all three mains and, and get a lot of seat time. You're, uh, you're, the track, what, tell us about the track, what it what it's like after those three different formats, the three different motos or whatever you were calling them, main events. Um, does it, does it break down more than, uh, if it were on a re- regular night, you think? Yeah, I think it did, but I think it had a lot to do with, um, we had a lot of rain this week. It, I think most rain I've seen in California in a long time, it, it rained pretty much every day. So the track was pretty soft and, um, uh, it, it rutted up pretty good, like in between the jumps and, uh, in the corners as well. Yeah, and that's what I thought, too. By watching it, it looked like it kind of deteriorated a little bit. Um, you know, the, the top guys always find their way through it. Um, but uh, I thought you looked really good in the LCQ um, where, where you got the TV time, or at least you did on my phone. Um, do you do you enjoy the three-moto three format? Did you Was it a fun night for you compared to a, a regular program? Yeah, I enjoyed the, the mains. I mean, it's a little bit tougher to uh, to make it into it, but... It was cool. Um, they're they're a little bit shorter, so um, I think it kept the, the racing a little bit tighter than than it normally is, and yeah, I definitely enjoyed it. I think um, I have mixed feelings about it as a fan. Um, no, I don't. I don't like the three mono format. I think it's good that they're doing something different, and we we already talked about this with Ben. But I think it's cool that they're doing something different. I don't think they hit it though with this. I. I, I I think it it's a little bit more confusing for the the fan that's not paying attention, um, you know. And and uh, whereas the regular program, you're you're building up to it. This guy gets in, these guys get in, you know. They have the last chance qualifier, takes top three, whatever it is, you know. And then and then the main event where you finish is how you finished for the day. The the uh, you know to see Eli Tomac win a race. And then not even be on the podium is strange, I think, um, for a fan. So I don't know. Um, we, we talked to Ben about this too. Um, racing at the level that you guys are at with the support that you have, are you, can you make money with what you're doing? Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I'm not I'm not on salary with um, with any of my sponsors. So uh, money I'm based on how I do. So. Uh, I gotta, I gotta be there every weekend and, and just do the best that I can do. And, and, um, I mean, when I'm, when I'm doing well in the main event, you, you make decent, but nothing to, uh, to live off for sure. So what happens if you win a race, you go from Jack's pizza to, you know, I don't know. What's the one that says it tastes like delivery, but it's not DiGiorno. Is that, yeah. so the better you do, the better the frozen pizza, right? Yeah, pretty dude, much. <laughs> ben, they're done that. How old are you now? 
I'm 24. 24. At guy your age, do you, I mean, you've got a much higher metabolism than I do, and I'm sure your uh, testosterone is much higher than mine. Um, do you, are you cognizant about what you put in your body as far as for nutritional uh, reasons? And it should complement what it is you're doing uh, physically, right? Yeah, for sure. I'm a, I'm a bigger guy too, so I definitely have to, uh, to watch what I eat. But, I mean, the, the healthier you eat, the better you feel. And, right. And, you have more energy and it helps with with training throughout the week and and uh yeah i mean it, it definitely it shows when when you're eating clean what happens i mean you realize that there are some folks eight hundred thousand or so that are uh furloughed right now from the federal government they're complaining about having to eat government cheese no they're not yeah. what are you talking yeah. about i mean have you ever had government cheese it's cheese it's pretty good it is not bad I mean, I, a lot of it that's what i heard anyway <laughs> <laughs> all right That's pretty crazy uh favorite place to race so far in your career um favorite i'd say uh i always like houston supercross i i want to heat race there on in the light class and the dirt there is, is awesome and i don't know i i always seem to, to do well at that place and i like it a lot there was some conversation on our sister station the mighty 1040 WHO, the news station uh, that rocks the nation. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. But they were talking about dirt, okay, the dirt that uh, the rodeos use, the dirt that Arena Cross uses, Monster Truck, et cetera. And, and uh, the question came up, who owns that dirt and do they protect it? Can other people use it? Can they rent it? Yeah, they do. So it's a certain type of dirt that holds together, has a life span of what? Depends on what, what you put in it and – there there are many variables but yeah the uh uh feld owns the dirt typically and they will rent it to you is that right in situations sure and uh you got to pay for the trucking basically and and um that's somebody's job but, but, but. At, in each arena i mean supercross is on a different level they own the dirt and they they use the monster trucks and stuff in a lot of cases but i didn't know that yeah okay yeah. so um Austin, what what is your favorite type of dirt to race on? Is it loose? Is it loamy? Is it sandy? Is it muddy? Is it clay? What is it? Um, I'd say more of uh, the loamier kind of East Coast dirt. I mean, I'm from the West Coast, but I seem to do better when the when the tracks are more rutted up and they kind of break down. Where I like where you can could really ride more aggressive in the corners and stuff, and not not have to use throttle control as much, like. Um, I mean, the Anaheims haven't been too bad this year, but something like Vegas where it gets really slick and hard packed, I um, I don't like that as much. So I'd say more more of the, the Lomi style track. Mm. When did you turn pro, Austin? When did you start racing Supercross? Uh, 2012. Okay. And um, you uh, you did a West Coast deal, right? Uh, my first year I did East Coast with my dad. We only did a couple of them, though. I didn't. I didn't do uh, didn't do all of them. We just went in uh, in a van and, and and did a few. And then the uh, the next year I did West. I I don't know if you remember visiting with me, but we've we talked a few times. Um, I ran a team, the Tyloop team. Um, so we would you and I cross paths many times, and and uh, I kind of have been watching your career. Only because I, I, I kind of knew you, you know, or talked to you, whatever. But um, it seem it's it seems to me like um, 
you've you've uh, been better than seems like you're better than some of the opportunities you've had and i don't know if mm. that's fair to say but it's interesting uh i see a lot of talent in in your riding and and that sort of thing do you ever feel that way or, or do you think uh you know are you, are you happy with where you're at i mean i'm not saying ted park's program is bad or anything like that i'm just saying i'm just saying leading up to this it seemed like i always thought somebody would grab a hold of you and 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 help a little bit more than what they have yeah, I, I appreciate that. I've, I've, uh, I've kind of thought that as well. I mean, I've, I've had some bad injuries, not, not because of my fault. Like I, I broke my femur because of a, a bike locking up over the face of a triple, and I've snapped my wrist a few times from, from stuff happening like that. And it's just always people. I don't think people, many people knew that, and it, it just made it look like I was always getting hurt. So I don't know if that kind of scared people away a little, but. Yeah, I, I've felt like that a little, but I've always just tried to um, keep working hard and, and doing everything that I can do, and hopefully a good opportunity comes, and I'll be uh, 100% ready for it. That'd be cool. And you, uh, you you raced up in Canada, now that I think about it, and you did pretty well up there. Yeah, I won a, a life championship there in 2013, and that's where uh, my career was starting to go good, and I got a, a deal with, with KTM for Monster Cup, but I ended up getting hurt, and then uh, I did a, a deal with Larry Brooks after that for Supercross, and the day or Monday after Anaheim won is when uh, the bike broke, and I broke my femur, and it was just kind of, it was really hard to come back from that because I'd never really been hurt, and to have uh, such a bad injury in, in the way it happened, it, it uh, I won't lie, it, it messed me up mentally pretty bad, but I've... Uh, been able to overcome it now and and um I'm, I'm good to go how do you get past something like that when you say you know mentally obviously you're disappointed but do we have time actually we're up against the clock can we save that one for next time austin yeah for sure dude we appreciate you taking the time give us your top five sponsors who are they yeah tpj fly racing uh tokyo mod esp construction uh good time connoisseurs Joey Helmet and uh, Alpine Stars. Austin, we appreciate it. Folks, Austin Politella, your final guest, hour number one. Ben LeMay and Kristen Beat joined us as well. Hour number two is coming up next. Benjamin Smith, Andrew Looker, and Blaine Thompson. Stick around. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions, and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or 
recreation riding big four strokes. The newest addition is the V-Line Dual VRM340, a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the tacky tires, the choice of Sherco off-road. Racers say when using a tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber. Radio, America's weekly motorcycle talk show. I got me a date with some of the motocrosses up around the way. Your source for weekly updates on what's happening in the world of motorcycle racing. You know how fast you're going? Industry news, trends, the people involved. I'm Ricky Carmichael. This is Kevin Schwartz. This is Josh Timoth. This is Kelly Smith. This is Travis Latrell. This is Jeremy McGrath. And now, Pit Pass Radio. Hello again, everybody. Hour number two of the big program. Hour number one, I thought, was stellar. Anytime you put Kristen Beat, Austin Politelli, and Ben LeMay on the same, in the same hour, that's a home run for me. Scott Casper for Tony Wink in studio. Our, our uh, co-hosts have the week off, Roman Avila, P.J. Duran, and Eddie Kulenkamp. Our contributors to the show, as always, Chris Bishop, Tommy Boy Halverson, and our producers include Jack and Leanne DeLeon, the dynamic duo that helps put us on radio and on the intranet. So thank you guys both very much. This is a product of the Evergreen Podcast Productions and evergreenpodcast.com, a diverse and dynamically curated blend of creative shows featuring our wide range of lifestyle and niche programming. Our network features a myriad of entertaining shows rooted in high creative values and production quality. It's Pit Pass, part of the Evergreen Podcast Nation. Here we go. Let's go over to Tony Wink. Tony, we've got three guests from the bottom to the top. Who are they? Blaine Thompson is going to join us racing the Works Series, also the Sprint Hero Enduro Series that, that the Works crew is running out west. So Blaine's going to be on off-road racer, also road racers. Uh, well, excuse me, flat track racer Andrew Luker is going to be on, who's uh, returning to the AFT singles class, um, I believe next year or this year, I should say. Um, but uh, I think he's going to do singles and the, the production twin classes on a Kawasaki. So we're going to talk to Luker and then, uh, oh, Benjamin Smith, who is um, kind of a fast road racer. Kind of fast meaning. What, what does that mean? Eh, sarcasm. He's very fast road racer. Ah. Road racer. Well, I tell you what, if you're listening and want to be in contact with us, look for me on Twitter, uh, as so many of you do. And one of our, our very first guests, by the way, we have a tweet um, that, that I want to give a shout-out to because it has to do with our very first guest. Let's bring him on. If we can, Jack, let's bring on uh, Benjamin Smith. Benjamin, people ever call you Ben? Uh, yeah, actually. That's, uh, that's kind of the name that I go by in the paddock. Um, people used to call me Ben. Or Benny? Or, or Benny, yeah, whatever works. Ben Man, Ben Man, people like <laughs> exactly. that. What okay. other names could we come up with for Ben? <laughs> I think we've got plenty to talk about. Okay. Um, 
let's see. Let me let me get to that. We'll start with that. Uh, let's see where is it at here. This just literally just got this. Um, talk to us about twins. Twins? Yeah. Um, you ever dated uh, any? <laughs> <laughs> I have not. I have not actually. That would be fun, right? Your question. <laughs> Is there any uh, is there, is there any truth to the rumor that you may be racing in the twins category? Um, actually, no. Um, I will not be competing in the twins cup this year. Um, strictly the six hundred super sport class, uh, second year in the uh, in the class. So I'm really looking forward to it. But um, no, uh, I think that the twins cup for Moto America is is a really great stepping stone. Um, but I've already made the transition to the 600, and, and I plan on staying there. Ben, uh, c- coming off of uh, the RC Cup, you know, and uh, onto the the Super Sport Series, um, back with the same team, I think, Team Norris, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so you're uh, this is your sophomore year. What do you what do you take from your rookie season in that class into the second year? You know the team. I assume you know the bike. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, <clears throat> the biggest thing for me, I think, is just the fact that I've been to all the tracks now on the 600. Um, I mean, I had been to all the tracks, obviously, on the KTM, but the 600 is obviously a whole different animal. Um, it's just you basically got to relearn every place that you go. And going into my second season in the class, I think that just just going into every weekend, really knowing what to expect, um, it's gonna it's gonna help me a lot. It's gonna help me get up to pace a lot quicker. And um, I think it's you're going to definitely see an improvement in the results for sure. As a rider, breaking points, just trivial stuff that you, you, you have to learn. But once you, once you've learned it, do you think it comes back to you that, that quickly when you get back on the track, even though it's been a year maybe since you've ridden it? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that, I mean, it, it'll take a couple laps at every place that we go to. You just kind of get the rhythm back down again. But then, uh, yeah, it kind of goes back to the whole thing where, I'll remember what I did last year on the bike, and uh, I'll be able to, to even go a step further just because I, I've got more experience now. But I think I think it'll all come back to me once once I get there. What about endurance for your your first year? Was your was there any surprises? I mean, like people don't think about this, but just the G forces and braking and all the stuff that when you go to a bigger bike, it's taxing on the body, right? It, yeah. Oh, you said Huge. It exactly. Um, I was actually coming from the KTM. I mean, the KTM's definitely a smaller bike it's lighter uh it's not as fast like you said and i was i mean i did everything that i could to prepare myself to ride the 600 for those long 20 lap races or so and um i i'm not even gonna lie i was surprised about how physical it was those first couple rounds to get through those races um the more i did it the more in shape i got and, and kind of just relaxed on the bike and didn't feel as tired but it was definitely um it was definitely a surprise those first couple uh rounds when I was on 600. Any scary moments? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I had a couple of those moments where uh, I was kind of deer in the headlights, but, um, you know, I, I expected those going into the season that it, it's a whole different a whole different world than the 600. Uh, higher top speeds and everything, and so I definitely did scare myself a few times, but um, luckily nothing too bad. Yeah, that's the last thing you want to do is scare yourself. I understand scaring fans because they may not have that talent level that you have, okay? And when the fans are on the edge of their seats, that's why they come to watch. That's why they watch on TV. That's why they listen to it. But when you can get right down to it and say, hey, you know what? That even scared me and I'm the rider. 
that's saying an awful lot speaking um, of deer yeah in the headlights mm-hmm. uh you ever shot a deer ben <laughs> i have not personally no I, i've never shot a deer no. you ever eaten one <laughs> no uh, i've actually never had venison I, i've heard it's really good but where are you from boy i know right i, I should get on that what no really where are you from oh, oh i'm from pennsylvania um yeah. they got deer in pennsylvania they got bears in pennsylvania there's Sure, there are too many deer in Pennsylvania, yeah. way too many. That's the problem with too many deer. They start developing, it's called wasting, and that's chronic wasting, and they end up dying because there's not enough food. There's too little ground for them to cover. But, man, in Pennsylvania. In Pennsylvania? Yes, yes. That's a long state. You know, the highest point on Interstate 80 is located in Pennsylvania. Did you know that? Hmm. True story. I did not know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. You ever hit a deer, Ben? No, luckily I have not hit a deer. You've uh, never hit a deer on the road? No, I, I've come close. Trust me, I've come close, but I've I seem to avoid him every time. It's so like I'm it's like hitting a bear. Board. It is. It's much like hitting a bear, only no horns. I bet it is. I mean, they they do some damage to the car. Oh well, yeah. You know what? I, I Roman totaled out my van, my Wiseco van. Oh, I heard about yeah, that. coming home from a race. Yeah, hit a deer. You know, there's guys here. Ben, that uh, we we have so many deer here where we live that that uh, there's guys that leave their snow plows on all year, mm-hmm. just so they don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> just so they can pick them up. What was that? Oh, another deer. <laughs> uh, got the blade on. I assume you've you've looked at the schedule. Uh, what races are you most looking forward to in 2019? Um, I am looking forward to the season opener at uh, Road Atlanta. I really like that place and just coming into it uh, first round. I mean, everybody's got their first round excitements and, and nerves and all that going on so i'm definitely looking forward to that um i also like going to laguna seca with world through bike that's always a cool event um and i really i don't have any tracks but i just like on the schedule so i'm i'm pretty happy with it mm. all right so now there are some guys out there that will tell you that they stopped having fun when racing became a business you follow me mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, Ricky Carmichael perhaps is known as the greatest of all time because he was pushed to become just that. But he has openly admitted now as an adult, that's when he stopped having fun. It became a job, became work, and he started to hate it. Um, what advice do you give, uh, you know, what we call pit parents or track parents uh, so they don't fall into that rut because, man, I tell you what, one of the reasons you go out and race as a kid is because your mom and dad took you to the track, your brothers, your friends from down the street or whatever. Uh, you know, what, what advice would you give them? Because the last thing you want is to turn a kid off of the sport they thought was cool, but it ended up, you know, because I got a little bit of talent, all of a sudden expectations are way through the roof. What yeah. would you tell parents like that? Uh, I mean, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen a couple of times too, actually. And uh, I mean, I'm still 18 years old, and it's not it's not obviously a job for me yet. Hopefully, someday it will be. Um, but I always just try and keep it all in perspective. I mean, you're out there, you're racing motorcycles. There's really nothing that you that you should be upset about. You should always have fun with it. The moment that you stop having fun with it is when you shouldn't be doing it anymore. Um, and my dad always tells me before every time before I go I go out on track. Last thing is you know, hey, go out there and have fun. That's, that's what we're here for. you got to have fun with it. Mm. Um, and for, for me personally, uh, I always ride better when I'm fun uh, or when I'm having fun because I'm relaxed and uh, I'm enjoying myself. So if you're not, if you're not having fun, then there's, there's really no point in doing it. you just got to keep things light and, just, and keep it all in perspective. Ben Smith's our guest, 2017 Moto America KTM RC Cup champion. Um, how special is that for you, Ben? 
that was uh, that was very special. One probably one of the best days of my life. Um, that was that was a great race. Uh, nail biter uh, down to the last corner. It really came. Um, it was absolutely something I will never forget. You know, Tony, I know you spent quite a bit of time in Canada and Mexico, and I understand there is an exchange rate. So if you won a championship <laughs> in Canada, do you have to exchange that into American championship points, or how does that work? You know, I, I'm really not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how that works, to be honest with you. Hmm. Canada? What are you yeah. talking about? What? You've been to Canada? I, I've nev- No, I've never been to Canada. Um, I thought you had been. Place, but I've never been to Canada. Yeah, that's a real, that's a real cold place right now. Yeah, oh, I bet it is. <laughs> I mean, not yeah. much colder than where we are, but it's cold. Where are you, Ben? Uh, well, currently sitting in my in my room, uh, doing this interview and freezing my butt off in Pennsylvania. Do your mom and dad know you're kind of a big deal? Yeah, uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do they know you think you're kind of a big deal? <laughs> <laughs> I try. I try and keep myself humble and all that. Just open the door, crack, say, "Hey, you know what?" Can you use another glass of chocolate milk in here? Ma, the meatloaf. Yeah, it's not going to serve itself. I never know what she's doing. <laughs> and if she says no to more ketchup, you need to you need to check that out because you can have as much ketchup as you want. Did you did you homeschool Ben? No, uh, I'm actually not. I've been that's something that basically every kid that I race against is homeschooled. Right. Uh, I've been public schooled my whole life. Um, Thank God. I bet you regret um, that. You know, um, there's more dates. Funny, I think. Like, I kind of, I do in some aspects, but in other aspects, um, I'm pretty happy that uh, I stayed public school just because, I mean, I feel like you get so many, so many social interactions that are going to help you later on in life. Um, And I don't know. I mean, I'm a senior right now. Uh, I plan on going to college next year at uh, Penn State, if you guys know where that is. Mm, Not Happy Uh, Valley. Nope, not familiar with it. (laughs) And, uh... Yeah, but no, I'm I'm pretty happy that I stayed public school. It, it made it stuff hard at times, but um, I'm I'm happy with it. You know, it's a, it's a great campus. There's a a place called the Creamery makes some of the best ice cream in the world. Yep, and they also have a pretty good wrestling coach and wrestling team there. By the way, so Kale Sanderson has found himself a home at Penn State. That's where Kale went. Yep, and this oh, million really? dollar check will get my attention as well. A million bucks. Mm-hmm. A signing bonus. Really? Did real well, yeah. And the man that wow. wrote the check owns all the casinos in the state of Pennsylvania, too. So all Ira had to do was get out the checkbook, sharpen up the pencil, and, and, and start to write. See Commence what you can learn on, mm-hmm. on a motorcycle talk radio show, Ben? What's that? See what know. you can learn on he a motorcycle listening. talk radio yeah, show? He oh, listening. seriously, I know, right? I learn something new every day. So you're a Big Ten guy, obviously, huh? Yeah. Do yeah. you know that there are some on some campuses? Iowa State, as an example, has a a club uh, motor. Uh, what is it, Tony? Is it a club? Oh, I was ISUMX. They have a, a motocross, club, club. motocross club. Motocross yeah. club, yeah. And it's funded by the college. Uh huh. It's funded through uh, the the student fees. You can make okay. So check for it. so check this out, Ben. These I own a racetrack, a motocross track. So these guys will show up, and they will write a check from the college funded account mm-hmm. to pay for their racing wow some of them aren't students i'm just saying wow hey well, you know, i might have to look into that all you have to do is apply from what i understand wow. i don't know how we're how does that work Scott? well the, for example when we started the, the program the national college wrestling association um there there were no clubs around the country now you 
and go to schools where wrestling has not been prevalent for years and years and years. And these guys are coming up with this plan where you go make application to form a club team and you can get 40, 50, 60 kids that are part of the campus anyway. Now you're giving them something to get behind. And then eventually now we're at 178 programs, I think it is. And they went, they started when we went on the air years ago. Uh, so if you think about it, now you're giving some these kids an opportunity to race, go to school at the same time, and a program that has the ability to to be gentrified, if you will, and that's to move up within the the uh, the system to become a a, a recognized NCAA Division One, Two, or Three, or NAI or JUCO, whatever uh, you know, whatever your school designation is. But you have an opportunity then to move to the next level, and that's an honest to God recognized team, and that's how it's done. It's pretty neat to see it happen. Wow, that's actually that's actually a really great concept that they got going on there. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are you going to study in college? You know, I'm not completely sure yet. I haven't nailed anything down. Um, I put down on my application. Uh, I have a business major going. Uh, I think more specifically public relations, but uh, that could change. I'm really not sure yet, so I need to. I want to narrow it down here uh, coming in soon. Well, do me a favor. Don't hang up. He's going to put you on hold uh, when it's time. Uh, he'll put you on hold because I want to talk to you off air during the commercial break, okay? Cool. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, not done with you yet. I just want to let our fans oh, yeah. know that this portion of the show brought to you by our friends at Fly Racing. They continue to expand their line of hard parts, bike stands, handlebars, grips, chains, sprockets, foot pegs, and lever assemblies. I'm not sure what a lever assembly is, but uh, they have creative <laughs> products such as innovative boot wash stands. They've got that going on. Fly Racing designers, well, they're committed to making quality hard parts. Now, you can find them online at flyracing.com. Or look for fly racing at a dealer near you. Okay, that's what we. Now we want to give you an opportunity to recognize any of your uh, uh, sponsors that have really gotten behind you to help make it possible for you to go racing. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I mean, um, the biggest one, obviously, being Team Norris Racing. Uh, such great people that I met. Uh, they have been absolutely fantastic for me the last few years. So huge shout out to them. Can't cannot thank them enough. Uh, a ride helmet. Mm. I mean, with amazing amazing stuff. So for as long as I can remember, honestly. Um, Diane Easy put me in some really great protective suits. Um, Hustle Hard Racing, uh, Motion Pro, um, Graves Motorsports. I mean, everybody that can help me out, I, I can't do it without them. Dude, we appreciate you taking the time. Best to the balance and uh, your family. And uh, and you're scheduled to start at Penn State when? This, this coming fall? Yep, this coming fall. Wow. Well, I've been on that campus many times. Make sure you get your picture taken by the Nittany Lion statue. You can see Absolutely. where it's rubbed for, uh, what do you call it, good luck by all the students that have had their pick taken there for so long. But a great campus uh, and so many great opportunities await you there, my friend. Okay? Yep, thank you. Don't hang up. We'll take quick time out on the Pit Pass Radio Network. Scott Casper, Tony Wink with you, our outgoing guests there, Ben uh, not Ben LeMay, I'm sorry, Benjamin Smith. I was on hour number one. Uh, Andrew Looker and uh, Blaine Thompson all scheduled to uh, join us here in the next next uh, 20 to 40 minutes or so. So stick around. Lots more to talk about. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hi, I'm Danny Walker of American Supercamp, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio.
Hey everybody, it's Scott Casper from Pit Pass Radio. V-Rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires, starting with the VRM229 for hard pack supercross settings and the VRM300. It's designed for intermediate soil conditions. The most popular tire is the VRM140. It's designed for soft to intermediate environments. All knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well. The VRM308R Trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new force model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do all vrm 340 a heavy duty off-road tire that is dot approved most of the tires are available in the new slow rebound tacky compound for extremely technical environments it's v rubber and the tacky tires the choice of sherco off-road racers say when using a tacky it's almost like cheating it's v rubber No speed limits, no tickets, and no left-turning minivans. Track Addicts Track Days allows you to experience the performance of your sport bike in a safe and fun environment. Track Addicts Track Days offers a variety of programs, ranging from their new rider school to their advanced group sessions for experienced track riders. Get all the details at trackaddicts.com. That's trackaddix.com. Or call Ducati Omaha at 402-408-4400. Learn to ride your sport bike the way it was meant to be written with track addicts track days it's a fact the best you've ridden is the best you know until you've ridden race tech suspension you haven't experienced the best suspension possible race tech is the science of suspension for atv and utvs motocross freestyle and stunning off-road supermoto road race sport bikes cruisers touring and vintage bikes as well as adventure riding with gold valve kits to upgrade your stock forks and shocks and our g3s custom series shocks you too can have the Racetech suspension advantage, and it's all made in the USA. For more information about Racetech products and applications, visit our website at Racetech.com. America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10, right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high-performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long-travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual-sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. Don't wait another minute for that new dream home you've always wanted. I'm Tony Wink for Jack Daly on Construction. For 66 years, the DeLeon family has been building custom homes, existing home remodeling, and adding on for customers across central Iowa. The DeLeons will offer you one-on-one attention that the big builders simply can't. They'll walk you through the process so you'll get the home that you want. Jack works well with your plans or can show you from his library of over 1,200 house plans. He'll make your dreams a reality. Call the DeLeons at 515-321-5225. Tell them you heard about them on Pit Pass Radio and receive 5% off the price. Jack DeLeon Construction, serving Iowa since 1946. 
Hi, this is Rob Dingman, President and CEO of the American Motorcyclist Association, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, big shout out to uh, our listeners across the country, across the Fruit of Plain, as it were. Tom Wink, no relation to Tony. How about that? Yeah. Tom Wink is uh, tuning in. Appreciate that, Tom. Appreciate the tweet. He spells it differently, doesn't he? No. No, he, he spelled it exactly like that, uh, like you do. And he does? No relation. We've gone through That's, this. That's, uh, well, I've had some concussions. Also, a uh, shout out to Linda Patrick from Pennsylvania, who's uh, tuning in. Benita Don, Tommy Birch, Charlie Kirk. One of my political uh, uh, friends out there. Good job out of Charlie. And Shannon Barnes, J.D. Landis, uh, Dr. Drama. Well, think about it. He's the psychiatrist to most of the major stars of Broadway. Any relation to Dr. Doom? <laughs> Probably. Aren't all doctors related? <laughs> I think not. <laughs> I think not, he said. Anyway, welcome back to the show. If you missed uh, any part of hour number one or the first interview in hour number two with Ben Smith, we encourage you to go back and listen to it on the website or on our uh, app. And you can get that app for free uh, wherever you buy your apps, whether you've got an iphone or an android it doesn't matter we've got you covered and it's at no charge we are part of the evergreen podcast production family evergreenpodcast.com look for them online tony i want to give a big shout out to racetech suspension pit pass radio is brought to you in part by racetech the science of suspension yeah for nearly 30 years racetech's been producing the highest quality suspension components and tools including gold valves for most types of motorcycles and atvs you can find them online at racetech.com our uh, our our Conversation with Benjamin Smith, the road racer, has concluded. He's a nice kid. He's yeah. he's uh, he's eighteen. I thought he was older than that, but I guess when he won the RC Cup, the KTM RC Cup championship in seventeen, that would put him about a senior in high school, and that's what he is. So uh, you were talking with him off air. Was and uh, he's going to Penn State. Penn State is going to be a net line, and they always uh, shout out whenever I'm announcing. Anyway, they go, "We are," and then the other part of the room says, "Penn State, we are Penn State," and they are just really proud. And it's the only thing going on in this uh, in this valley what they call happy. Uh, it is. It's an amazing, uh, amazing campus. Great people, and I will tell you this: there's a lot of people from Iowa that are there that are professorial in their job descriptions. So they are prof- professors. Prof what? Professorial. Mm. Yeah. And mm. Kale is there. Kale and his wonderful family, uh, his brother. and I mean, they got a lot of kids amongst them, but, man, they just keep winning championships. All right. We are 55-0 days away from, from Daytona TT. And uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about AFT. Joining us now is Andrew Luker, who is, uh, I understand, going to race both the AFT singles and the AFT production twins class on a kawasaki he joins us now what's up andrew how are you good how are you we're good man uh sounds like you're going racing yeah um we got some big plans for 2019 um i'm we're gonna obviously start it off down in daytona for the bike week there and uh this year i'll be racing 450s under the same tent with uh kevin kieran he's um also my mechanic uh also slash roommate sort of a thing so it's working out pretty well for us right now uh building a really good relationship with each other and uh you know it's good when you can trust your mechanic but um i'll be riding the 450s for them at daytona and then for all the production twins racing we are gonna partner with chris baker uh with baker hayseals out of petaluma california uh, on some kawasaki twins so I'm pretty excited about 
being on the same brand motorcycle in two different crosses. For sure. Um, when I think of Kawasaki, because I live in Iowa um, and not too far from us is Alan Rodenborn's, or I call him Big Al, the little kid's pal. Um, yeah. Al Rodenborn's Racing Unlimited Kawasaki shop up there. Is he involved in the program? Uh, yes, he is. Um, Alan is actually the one that's putting together um, all of Chris Baker's Kawasaki twins that I'll be racing. Oh, wow. Okay, so... Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while. I actually uh, sound like I knew what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, Alan's, uh, Alan's a great guy. Um, I've had the chance to meet and talk with him a little bit, so um, I'm looking forward to get a better relationship between us, which hopefully will show with results on the racetrack. Talk about your bike. Uh, the Kawasaki's are so fast, um, and and uh, it shows. You know, they have some success in in – in flat track as well as, you know, a, a lot of other disciplines where they use that engine. But talk about it because it's uh, – I think you got a good opportunity there to, to win some races. Yeah, we uh, we have a new addition to the team this year. It's a 2019 Kawasaki 450, and um, we were racing it at the end of last year, um, actually at the Buffalo Chip PT, and uh, we ended up – breaking a oil pump drive gear which completely destroyed the motor so we had to send that on up to uh, ron hamp uh, up there in michigan uh, he's definitely one of the best motor builders around so we wanted something that's going to run us up front and uh and we think that with the race tech suspension done by max caps and the motor with ron we should be uh hopefully up front all season Ron Hamp is, as an engine developer, kind of like next-level uh, Rain Man type. Uh, <laughs> he's really smart, in other words. Um, he, you know, he's talking about lift and duration and on cam lobes and all kinds of stuff that none of us, you know, layman people would uh, be able to even comprehend. You know, we you can comprehend it, but... To be able to develop that the way he does it is pretty impressive. And he's he's had his hands in a lot of f very uh, fast, famous engines. And so sounds like you're surrounded with some, some really good people. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's very hard to build a motor better than Ron. And uh, with those underneath us this year, with uh, the addition of, like I said, the race tech suspension done by Max Caps and um, – Maybe some good luck on our side. Hopefully we'll have a pretty good season. But uh, Ron, I've actually heard he's been doing a couple of uh, big alcohol diesel full truck motors. <laughs> so he's, he's definitely doing more than just the uh, Kawasaki 450 of ours. Yeah, I follow him on, uh, and I've spoken to him, but I follow him on Facebook. And... Uh, he he definitely had his mind works differently than mine anyway. Uh, well, well, that's not saying a lot. I should say most people, not mine, because Walk mine that back. mine definitely doesn't work proper. You know, I don't, I don't, Andrew, I don't have a fully functioning brain. Um, well, you used to. I remember. Uh, what happened? The, yeah, it was the late seventies. Um, when I was born. Well, there was, there was some kind of a volunteer program your father put you in. <laughs> It had something to do with UC Santa Barbara, I think. Yeah. And shipped out there for a couple of weeks, came back a, well, not so normal kid. <laughs> uh, 
different. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that guy, he's he's brilliant. So yeah, it sounds yeah. like you got a lot of cool stuff. You look, you got to be looking forward to the season. Um, what are your thoughts on Daytona, mm. on the track that they've done, the track that they they say they're going to do? What are your thoughts on Chris Carr? Should we would, oh, should boy. we burn him at the stake, or <laughs> you think he's okay? <laughs> I really wow. like Chris. No. Actually, I'm Chris is friend of the show and, and I really like him. I, I I really Yeah get when I get to hang out with Chris, it's a fun day. Yeah, Chris has definitely always been uh good to me. Um we've had quite a few different conversations about certain things and uh he's always been, you know, up front and kinda how it is, which how it should be. Um but I, I'm really looking forward to Daytona. Um the T T's is kinda more my style. I like the TTs and short tracks uh, a little better than the uh, miles. I'm, I'm a little on the bigger side for them, so it takes a little more horsepower to get me down the straightaway at the same speed. But um, we're working on it. Hopefully we can run through the corners faster than they can, uh, which which will keep us up front along with all the great people we have behind me. So with that and Daytona, uh, Daytona is actually kind of a special place for me. I, Ended up burning my national number there in uh, 2016 or 2017. I earned my national number. Um, I ended up with a night in the what's now called Elite Twins class. Um, so I'm hopefully uh, going to be able to go back there and, and do well again, uh, maybe even get a podium. We've seen uh, American Fly Track, the rebranding. Right. Michael Locke and and uh, you know the the crew there they've they've uh, there has been some backlash on some of the things you know the uh, the old timers the, the the fans that have been you know not the Johnny Come Latelys like us in the last fifteen years or less but um, some of the guys that have been around for a long time they they are you know not particularly stoked about some of the things that that the American Fly Track crew has has done but. Nobody can argue that they're not being, you know, they're they're not succeeding in what they're doing. And um, but what are your thoughts as a rider? D- does it does it translate as a better experience as a racer? Does it what American Fly Track's doing? Are you are you making money with what they're doing? Um, you know, are there more rides available for guys like you to go racing? What are your what What do you think? Well, um, I think it's uh, pretty hard to make money at, at flat track racing uh, as it sits right now. From what I've heard, um, flat track racing is growing immensely. So here in the next couple of years, it'd be cool to, to see us at the same level as Supercross or um, even MotoGP. Uh, it's pretty cool seeing the uh, jump and all the viewers and all the stats that they show us uh, at the meetings every year. Um, so they're definitely doing something right. Um, getting us out there, getting us in front of people, uh, showing us off, uh, really is what it's all about. We're talking, uh, with a fine young man and a pretty decent racer, uh, <laughs> by the way, I just, I, what, what do you know about the history of Daytona? Um, well, I mean, Daytona is pretty much where it all started. 1932. Uh, Think yeah, about that. A while ago. So it's, to be able to come back year year in and year out, it says something about the whole community as well. Mm-hmm. What do you prefer, the two-wheeled slide seashell, whatever that was, that we watched for years and years and years go around a circle just outside of the 
just outside of Daytona mm-hmm. Speedway, or do you like it being inside there? Um, that's a hard one. Um, we were able to do pretty well at the uh, Seashell little short track that was outside the Speedway um, a few years ago. But the TT kind of changes it up. It's kind of fun, too. You know, the, if you think about it, how it started, it, it started in, in on the, the location of the old Vanderbilt Cup course in Savannah, Georgia. And uh, competitors then were racing on Class C bikes, typically used in the AMA Grand National Championship. The, the history for me is, is, is where we started paying attention, uh, not only to what the guys were racing, but what was winning. And uh, we always talk about what wins on Saturday and Sunday sells on Monday, right? But I think back then it was probably even uh, at, even in, in its origin and its beginnings, uh, you know, the people that have done well uh, over that period of time seem to have been paying attention. Um, you know, and by the way, the, the, the Bike Week rally that started at Daytona uh, January 24th, 1937, was 3.2 miles long. And uh, that tells you a little something about it. Part of it was beach. Part of it was pavement. I want them to bring that race back. Yeah, I'll I'll be at I'll be at Bike Week if they bring that race back, and I'll be on a motorcycle if they have a, you know, like an idiot class or a slower than average class or something I can sign up for because I'm in. I want to go race that. That'd be so much fun, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's that's uh, to go three point two miles. It's a pretty good good little jaunt. For a yeah, but to be on beach and then to be on pavement and stuff, I mean, it, it would – a dirt tracker would, would be so good at that. Right. And by the way, yeah. there is an option play. If you do choose to race in the sand, you can take off your boots and just race it uh, with nothing on your feet. So it's kind of interesting that some of the guys I'm not going to wear underwear. That. Think about that. 31-degree <laughs> banking in the turns. 18 yeah, degrees crazy. banking at the start to finish line. There's so many different things that make this such a unique race, and it's no wonder that you know the people hold it with such reverence in their heart. You know, I just think it's terrific. I do. All right, um, maybe we can give you an opportunity here to uh, to to reference your sponsors. Who who makes it possible for you to go racing? Uh man, you know, there's there's an army behind us, and that allows me to to do it what i'm able to um kevin kieran like i said he's a huge supporter of mine chris baker coming on board this year really excited about our partnership wilson plumbing roof systems um my auto group uh Derek hoskins good family friends awry chad wells wells tuned um access media richie reynolds uh coming on board as well for this year Mike Butler Racing, a huge supporter of mine. Uh, TCX Boots, Motion Pro, Julian Fernando Aguilar, um, Max Caps with Race Tech Suspension, and um, a big shout out to people that probably don't get the most uh, don't get the most recognition over this season. But it's my grandparents. They actually take off uh, with the race trailer and start in daytona and they're actually driving all of my stuff to all of the races so i like that uh, family deal yeah it's definitely a, it's a big family deal i've been doing it since i was five and uh now I, I have a little boy that's 16 months old and he's crazy about motorcycles so it's gonna continue for oh boy that's fun isn't it 
Yeah, he's he's definitely all over the place right now. <laughs> well, let's uh, let's give you one little tidbit to take with you as far as the historical knowledge of of Daytona. Okay, one of the great father and son combos uh, to have won uh, the Daytona in 1948. It was Floyd MD on an Indian. Okay. And then, and I know go back and and go back to then, but then you race ahead, if you will, to 1972 and his son, Don MD, who's a friend of this program on a Yamaha, uh, raced it and won it in 1972. Those are road racers. They won the 200. Is that what Don raced? Yeah. Was it the 200 back then? So that is, that's the, yeah, that's the Daytona 200 winners. Uh, and it, the first one was 1937, Eddie Kretsch. You remember Eddie? Fast Eddie? Oh, yeah, sure, Eddie. And, yeah, you betcha. Mm-hmm. And who's yep. the most recent one, according to uh, Danny Eslick? And Danny's not a one-time, but a one, two, three, four. Four-time champ, 2014, 2015, 2017, 2018. Michael Barnes is the one that broke up. You know up what Danny Danny's. Eslick and I have in common? Uh, motorcycling? <laughs> We've both been inside the Volusia County Jail. <laughs> <laughs> For similar situations, I think. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, thank yeah, you. Danny's for... <laughs> pretty cool guy. Yes, he is. Uh, he's cool in my book. Andrew, uh... <laughs> thank you very much. Up against the clock, and this conversation is only going to get worse if we hang out with you any longer, okay? Good <laughs> yeah, job yeah, out of you, bub. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Thank you. Have a good night. You too. Bud. There we go. Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly continues after this short timeout. Stay tuned. Hey everybody, this is Hillbilly, David Bebout, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com it's much more than a piston company wiseco now offers a full line of quality performance products including forged pistons precision forged clutch baskets and hubs crankshafts camshafts forged connecting rods and valves at wiseco we offer accessories for just about any motorcycle atv snowmobile personal watercraft outboard marine engine or automobile on the market today after 70 years in the business wiseco has established a great reputation as a brand that can be trusted to deliver high quality performance products for power sports enthusiasts and professionals wiseco hey everybody it's scott casper from pit pass radio v rubber offers a whole range of performance motocross and off-road tires starting with the vrm 229 for hard pack supercross settings and the vrm 300 it's designed for intermediate soil conditions the most popular tire is the vrm 140 it's designed for soft to intermediate environments all knob tires are available in the most popular motocross and off-road sizes as well the vrm 308r trials is the perfect choice for real technical conditions and it's now available in a new four-stroke model for racing or recreation riding big four strokes the newest addition is the v-line do-all vrm 340 a heavy-duty off-road tire that is DOT approved. Most of the tires are available in the new Slow Rebound Tacky Compound for extremely technical environments. It's V-Rubber and the Tacky Tires, the choice of Sherco Off-Road. Racers say when using a Tacky, it's almost like cheating. It's V-Rubber.
America's Motor Racing Talk Show, Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, comes your way each Sunday morning from 8 to 10 right here on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. 1460 KXNO. If you're passionate about riding motorcycles both off-road and on, check out the full line of Yamaha Dual Sports at Hicklin Power Sports. The Yamaha TW200 features Yamaha's famous reliability, electric start, an ultra-low seat, and comfortable fat tires, making it one of the industry's simplest to ride motorcycles. The Yamaha XT250 offers the same ultra-dependable, user-friendly performance, but in a more versatile, powerful, and lighter weight package. And for riders who like to take their fun off-road more than on, there's the high performance enduro-derived Yamaha WR250R, featuring long travel suspension and advanced high-end design. Whatever your budget or riding style, Yamaha has a dual sport model that's right for you. For more, visit YamahaMotorsports.com today. Then visit Hicklin Power Sports and Grimes to see the new 2017 models from Yamaha, the first name in dual sports. Dress properly for your ride with a helmet, eye protection, long sleeves, long pants, gloves, and boots. Do not drink and ride. It's illegal and dangerous. With the tremendous amount of horsepower and torque created by modern dirt bikes, today's racewear must withstand tremendous forces. It must breathe well, be lightweight and protective, yet still durable. Fly Racing created its Evolution 2.0 racewear to fulfill these requirements. Evolution 2.0 features the industry's first BOA closure system race pant designed to provide custom comfort, smooth, even closure, no pressure points, and simple one-handed adjustment. Add to that the Evolution 2.0 Pro advanced ventilation jersey and premium race glove and you have generation next racewear built to withstand the extreme conditions created by the modern dirt bike for more information visit flyracing.com time out drink swell vodka proudly and carefully distilled and filtered in iowa find swell vodka in fine stores restaurants and bars near you like swell on facebook this is Jason Conlon, Pro Supermoto Racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. All right, welcome back. Hey, if uh, you're not aware of it, it may be snowing in your backyard. Do me a favor. Go to the window, check it out. And if it is snowing, take proper care of your property. Make sure the driveways and the uh, sidewalks are shoveled. It is your responsibility. It was cold in Texas this weekend. Yeah. We, were, we were riding down there. We actually, uh, we went to... We rode the Stillwater 500. We were we stayed in Denton, Texas, which is North Texas, on our way down to Three Palms, which is just in uh, north of Houston. We had snow on the bike on the or on the on the trailer and stuff when we got up. The week before, I was in California riding, which uh, up in Bean Canyon it snowed at the top of the of the hills there. So I can't seem to get away from this. You know, I go to Texas, I go to California, I can't seem to get away from it. How many times did um, Kenny Roberts win Daytona? Any idea? Six. Okay. And what about Wayne Rainey? Five. Kevin Schwantz? Suzuki. Three. When he was with Yoshi. Uh, also, who's the other one? Miguel Duhamel. Ne- never. Oh, no, no. That's not true. 91? I and, don't know. Yeah, 91. And I want to say... Was I right about all the other ones? Dang close. I'm not going to call you out on the <laughs> name. Uh, 91, okay. 99. Uh, and did I mention 96? Forgot that one. I don't know if you did or not. Matt Maladin's been a perennial favorite in there. Scotty Russell. Boy, Matt was sure salty at the end of his career, wasn't he? He was well, just a little bit, he yeah. He just didn't like the promoters. Most the, Australians the, get that way, though. Do they? Yeah. yeah they're yeah. a little bitter. Uh, we've had a good mix of, of guests. We've had uh, Ben LeMay on and uh, Austin Politelli, two Supercross racers, teammates, actually. Kristen B., who's covering the Kicker Pro National Series 
which is a series within the series right. in Arena Cross. Uh, Benjamin Smith, road racer, has been on Andrew Luker. We had a nice conversation with him. And joining us now is a guy that is racing uh, the work series, which is a combination of off-road sections, motocross, sometimes some high-speed desert stuff, mm. um, rocks. It, it's really works as a as a awesome event. It's all out west, and uh, the guy that we're going to talk to now is Blaine Thompson. He joins us. Blaine, welcome to Pit Pass. How are you, man? I'm good. How about yourself? Good. Hey, is this your first time on? This is my first time. Yep. Well, that's all the time we have. Yeah. But thank you so uh, much for joining us. You'll remember it the balance of your life. You will get some. <laughs> uh, you get turtle wax and uh, a chamois. Well, and a year's supply of turtle wax and a chamois. No, I thought we were throwing in the San Francisco treat. Oh, Minerals. yeah, rice aroni. Rice aroni. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you get so, that. So yeah. congratulations. Here's what makes that a good deal for the sponsor. You ready? It tastes like crap, so you're going to save that one box. You don't ever have to ship them again. Actually, I kind of liked it. You like rice aroni? Yeah, I grew up on that crap. Oh, we're God. cheap. We're racing motorcars. We didn't have any money. Yeah, we're, uh, hot water. I've, I've grown up off of two out here living in California. So <laughs> Blaine, what's your, what's your favorite pit food? What are you, what are you going, God, i got to have some of that. It's mostly, usually, I really don't even know. It's whatever's at the track we get. About say, I don't. Really oh, see, so you're about. eating track food. <laughs> oh boy, track food. This might explain your. Um, <laughs> what place did you get? Third. Oh, well, I guess that doesn't suck. Jack, does you're, you haven't <laughs> said a thing in this particular show. Let's bring you into the mix. If you are uh, at a track and you've got limited funds, what are you? What are you going to be buying? You're going to buy a loaf of white bread. Uh, some, um, I'm thinking bologna no. and a container of mustard. No, absolutely not on the bologna. <laughs> what about spam? You ever fried spam? I love oh, fried heck spam. Oh, heck no. So when I go down to Loretta's, yeah. we go across the street and they make fried bologna, but they had spam one day mm-hmm. at Sissy Lynn's, Loretta Lynn's That's daughter's. That's home cooking right dude, there. Dude, I'm telling you what, there's a reason I'm fat. And it's food like spam. <laughs> spam it's is so good. It's, it's cultured meat. All right, Blaine. Let's talk about the race. Meat uh, with culture. Taylor Robert and uh, Zach Bell, and you mm-hmm. were on the podium. Good job. First off, mm-hmm. that is yep, that's uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, so this is a different, little, little bit different deal. They split the the side by sides and the and the quads, right? You guys aren't racing yeah, with they, them. Yeah, they finally split them. Like they're racing with they're racing with us on the same weekends like the last two three years and. Right. Coming in this year, they finally split them up, and it helped us a lot better. That not we don't have to ride a quad track or UTV ruts anymore. So exactly, that's a big plus on our side. Yep, for sure. Um, I think that's neat. And you guys, well, I was out there too, but you guys have been getting rain like crazy. How was that dirt out there in, in Prim? Prim, like Prim, was actually it was awesome. The dirt was out there, but like towards out by my house, we got a lot more rain. But I don't know. But everything out there came out great. My One of my really good buddies, Richard, is the one that built the track, and that was, like, hands down the best motocross section we've ever had out there. And the track, we finally got to go back across the street onto the lake bed side in Prim this time this year. And we haven't been over there in, like, the last two years, so everything over there was all nice and fresh again, and it was awesome. We had a blast out there. Who's What's Richard's last name? Uh, Cutback. Is he looking for for a job? <laughs> he, he's always looking for jobs he's fly him out he, put him in some of my equipment yep he's always doing it he's he does, he's an awesome man he also does awesome work that's cool um uh, your your teammates was zach right 
teammates of Zach Bell, yes, he came onto our team uh, the end of last year, right after the last round of Big Six in December. How long you been a Cowie guy with the with the Team Green program that you're I've, on? Uh, the Team Green deal, I've only been riding with the Chaparral Motorsports Division of Kawasaki since last year, since uh, 2018, and I re-signed again in November. Okay, so it's it's Chaparral. Who else? Precision Concepts and Team yeah, Green? Chaparral. Yeah, Team Green. Yeah. Who's running the program? Whose is it? Whose program uh, is it? Our team, our team manager is Robbie Bell. Oh, yeah, we've heard of him. So yep. um, what, what kind of uh, like travel situation, that kind of thing? I mean, obviously you're going to drive to Prim, but... Um, they're all pretty close to you, right? So you just you 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 haul your own bikes, or what do you you guys just show I, up, or, or what is it? I I drive to mostly everything. Uh, pretty much, I drive to all of them. Actually, the furthest one we have this year is Washington, and we've had that a couple years ago. But we just drive out there. It's like sixteen hours from me, so we just drive it. Uh, but no, the uh, Precision Concepts, Robbie Bell and Bob and our our mechanic Phil over there, they're the ones that take the bikes and the rig and everything, and they drive out. Whatever we want to do, drive or fly where we want to go, we just meet them there, and they have everything ready for us. That's awesome. And you're uh, where are you located? Where are you where are you based out of? I'm from Phelan, California. Where? Phelan. Where is that? Um, towards uh, Apple, uh, right next to Apple Valley Hesperia area. Okay, sure. About twenty minutes out of San Bernardino and stuff. Right next, uh, twenty minutes from Glen Helen. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. So you're riding. Do you go to Thursdays on at Glen Helen and, and ride, or, or or what do you normally train? Are you doing desert? You're not doing desert racing, are you? No, I'm going to hit. I think I'm about. I'm going to do a, try a couple of national hair and hounds. I was actually thinking about going to the first one this weekend, but yeah, every Thursday it's like a team regiment for us. We go suspension testing every Thursday at Glen Helen, and with Robbie Bell and Bob and everybody over there, and the whole team comes out. Pretty much, we did. I have a off-road track in front of my yard, and I have a motocross track in my yard. So I pretty much save money when I can, and ride out here because I have my daughter. I have to take care of during the day when her mom's at work. So I just do everything in front of here, and then I go to the gym at night. So you're you uh, you're you're daddy daycare during the day. How pretty much if it? Huh? How old is she? She's seven months. She turns wow on the sixteenth. Let yeah. me ask you this, bud. I have a four-year-old, and I had when I when we first had the kid, I said I'm not going to have somebody else raise my kid. Mm-hmm. You know, I I can yep. work around it, self-employed. I own a motocross track. You know, I I've got my own thing going on. She'll just be with me, and we'll just make it work. And I'll get the yep. work done that I can't do when mom gets home. I didn't make it seven months. I didn't make it two months. I didn't make it a month. And I'm like, <laughs> I can't get anything done here. <laughs> yeah, but. I was uh, the first couple months. I was the same way. I was like, "Man, I'm like, this is going to be tough." But now we actually, I got a good regimen going with me and her mom, and uh, it's awesome. Uh, I'm actually, she's the one that makes me want to fight for her to do better in these races. So that's why I'm coming out, and we're going to come out swinging for the rest of the year. Is this your first kid? First one, yes. How old are you? I'm 25. Okay, so you started like 14. No, be 12 years sooner than I did something like that um <laughs> um it's a big deal i mean obviously it's a big deal but it, it did it change your it changes your perspective on a lot of things what did it what, what was the biggest thing for you as a racer i mean it pretty much like made me not want to get hurt and like send it like i usually do when i was younger and being afraid of and not being afraid of crashing but it did that for me for a couple of months and then i realized that I'm not going to get paid like I should be if I'm not going out like that. So 
I pretty much take it as that I have to go out and do good and podium and races to raise my daughter. And so that all came out of my head. Now I just want to do everything I can and do the best I can to show her that when she gets older, that she sees that I did everything I could to raise her. So she's going to go out and do the same for when she's older to make sure she raises her family. Right. That's awesome, man. I I commend you for, uh, you know, trying to be the best dad you can. Cause it's, it's, uh, you know, it's a lot of work obviously. And you'll learn more as, and as I am, you know, my, it's my first kid. I'm, I'm 41 now. So I, yeah. I started a little bit later, but I'm a pretty <laughs> selfish person and I wanted to wait and, and I'm glad yeah, exactly. I did, you know, um, the, the work series that you're racing, I, I really, if I lived out on the West coast, for sure, I would race the work series. I think it's oh. cool. I love the mix of motocross and off-road. I love the high speed stuff. I love the big rocks that they brought in for this past weekend. Um, I love giant blue gorillas that they had at the start. What? what? Um, yep. what was that thing? <laughs> I just see pictures it's of it. It's just like a, it's just like a big blow up blue gorilla they have it at every round they yep. put it somewhere at the somewhere on the track or at the track someplace every round they have it they put it in different areas like sometimes they'll have it coming into the gate sometimes they'll have it on the starting line sometimes they'll have it on the side of the top of the jump on the top of the hill or something it's it's everywhere it's there's it's like their little key at works is their blue gorilla it's funny and they're doing the the uh the the, the other series right the sprint enduro they're doing the sprint there yeah they call it Sprint Hero. Sprint Hero, I guess. Yep. Yeah, because Big Six has uh, the Big Six Series or National Grand Prix Series now. They have their Sprint Enduro, so they had to change the name a little bit. I see. We had Taylor Robert on last week and, and a couple others. Gary Sutherland, I think, was on and uh-huh. uh, guys that have that have been racing that. What do you prefer as a rider? Do you like the longer the longer uh, works race that, that uh, or do you like the Sprint Enduros where you have a reset often? I like the longer races because I I came from the motocross stuff. I've tried, I've raced a couple outdoor nationals, but I can't really, I can't get the sprint speed down in the beginning. That's why the sprint enduro stuff I'm struggling with. But I'm finally, me and me and my team and Robbie were trying to figure that out with my end. That's just something to do with me for some reason. I don't know what it is, but we're figuring it out. But I like the longer two hour races just because it takes me a little bit to get warmed up. And when I get into my groove, I actually have that pace to hang out or to hang with the top guys and. But I need to figure it out in the beginning where I can hang out hang with them in the beginning so I don't lose so much time. And about to say, because if I can figure that out, I, I can contend and win races. We appreciate you taking the time, buddy boy, and uh, we'll do it again soon. I promise you that. Not a problem. Thank you, guys. There we go. It's Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Brought to you in part by our good friends at Hicklin Power Sports. Hicklin Power Sports. Look for them online, hicklinpowersports.com. I want to thank Ben LeMay, Austin Politelli, Kristen Beat, Benjamin Smith, Andrew Looker, and Blaine Thompson. Appreciate each and every one of you tuning in to hear me. Yeah, Scott Casper and that guy, Tony Wink. Fred Kunlkamp, Rona Vila, PJ Duran, our producers, Jack and Leanne DeLeon, our contributors, Chris Bishop and Tommy Boy Halverson. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of Pit Pass, part of the EvergreenPodcast.com family. Have a good one, everybody. May I have your attention, please? Excuse me. Are you listening to me? Thank you. The preceding was an exclusive presentation of Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly, a division of Pit Pass Radio LC. Any use of this copyrighted material without the express written consent of Pit Pass Radio LC is strictly prohibited.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.